You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. What did you say? So I'm going to be showing you some cleavage through this whole show. Titties. <laughs> no, not the whole thing. That, that's vulgar. Or vulgar. Vulgar. As we will say. Is that from Bulgaria? <laughs> so you're laughing. Because <laughs> I made that joke up. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's listening. I have no idea. No what clue. Anyway. Um, Pre-show discussion was a bit abstract. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, Sunday, October the 3rd, 2010. Oh my God. October? October. Uh, the fall weather is kicking in and it feels nice. Um, cool weather. Um, actually cold last night when I was in bed. My head was freezing, sticking out of the covers, so I went right under and pulled the covers right over my head. <laughs> and you always hate that because you think I'm going to suffocate. You think, I think I'm, I don't care about you suffocating. <laughs> I think you're going to suffocate me. All right, so um, this Again, is, more riveting conversation. This is after the show number 141. The movie we're looking at this week is Get Him to the Greek, the Blu-ray edition. This is a 2010 film, 2010 Blu-ray release. Actually released on Blu-ray on the 28th of September, so last Tuesday. Um, so you can get it now if you live in North America and other parts of the world. No idea. Um, it's... I was going to say it's a Blu-ray and a DVD. No, it's not. This is just the Blu-ray edition with the digital copy... Um, and the what? You, what's the other thing? The free gift uh, streaming movie, mm. uh, and it's from our friends at Universal. And you're going to tell us what this movie is about. Rockstar needs to go to a concert, and some peon from a record company is in charge of getting him there. Getting him to the Greek theater. Yeah, it that's pretty good, much. That's good. Yeah, it pretty much uh, yeah. tells you. But of course, inside of there, there are stories of inside some redemption of you. and love and. Uh, addiction and bad behavior and a lot of Death. bad behavior and comedy yeah yeah so let's move into the movie uh the sequel to uh prequel sequel no sequel it's not sequel well it's the same character in, oh, in your mind all right let's not say let's say spin-off a spin-off yeah. from forgetting sarah marshall the um movie from a couple of years ago that we did review and I liked a hell of a lot um, the character Aldous Aldous Snow who was the Russell Brand's rock star dude in um, I keep wanting to say saving Sarah Marshall that's because that's what I call it every time <laughs> yeah Russell Brand's rock star from forgetting Sarah Marshall it's his story well ah, a story and Jonah featured. Hill was a character in that movie as well but they decided not to make him the not, same character in this movie which, which I think is really. I am not it's well, insane. he would have been the guy who was enamored to him. No, we're talking like seven, five years later or whatever. All he would have, all he would have to do is write one line of dialogue that says, "You know, I've grown up and I'm not, you know, I'm not Into like, in, I'm not enamored with you anymore, but I'm a huge fan." Because in this movie, the Jonah Hill guy is a huge fan. Yes, he is. So what? Who makes these know. stupid decisions? It was just. It seemed like a, from what I could tell in the it just seemed like an off the cuff thing. They just decided that, right? It didn't I seem guess. like a, they even really thought about. Can we get to the castle and talk about John Hill? No. <laughs> so um, or Jonas Brothers, whatever he is. So the movie, uh, uh, directed by the same director, a similar kind of humor, not quite as. Um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall was actually along the lines of Knocked Up, where it's actually a wacky comedy, but then it has a very like a heart. 
Yeah. Now this does in a little. This does a little bit, but I don't it's think it's more of a dark heart. This one. Yeah, I, I did. The dark there heart. is a moment in this movie, like where it dawns on you that it's not just a comedy. Like there is that like yeah. Judd Apatow style um, drama part sliced in there. Gets a little bit dark, like you say. Yeah, because it's like lifting the curtain, so to speak, on, on a, the what's behind a rock star. Like it's not person. all fun and games. I mean, you've read Russell Brand's actual bio- autobiography, and you know he's also got the frontman charm, and then the back behind the story, lots of pain it. and lots of darkness. And I think it touches on that in a funnyish way. He's like the from- perfect guy to be in it. Sure. In fact. Don't you think some people are just... There's some magic about them. I don't mean that in like a fluffy, fluffy way. I mean there's something about him or someone like David Letterman or people who have to They're be... very different people. No, but I'm not, I'm not talking Letterman. about the personality. I know what you mean. I'm talking about okay. they have to be out front of everyone. And you really don't know in their mind... like. You don't really know why, you know, what they're really like. I mean, Russell Brand kind of is an open book, but you don't know really how dark it is in there. I don't know. It's just some people are meant to be those show people that if you really got to dig it, like you think, oh my God, it'd be so cool to hang out with them, but it probably isn't really. Mm. So it was, it was interesting. I was thinking about um, forgetting Sarah Marshall and I was thinking, well, what was the best thing about forgetting Sarah Marshall? And then I was thinking, well, it was probably Russell Brand, so that's why this movie would work. But I don't think he was the best thing about that movie because he was brief in that movie, and that movie actually had a lot of good stuff apart from Russell okay. Brand. Um, but when you pull Russell Brand, this is—it's a, t- a very like you say—it's it's more madcap than that movie. Um, but then it touches on some serious shit. But I—I I actually, I've heard a lot of bad things about this movie. I mean, it just. Uh, like a, a lot of people say oh, it weren't particularly funny but I thought there was some really funny stuff and when we get into the cast that will uh, be what is funny but I thought it wasn't always funny but nothing is is it nothing's always funny when Russell Brown was on the screen it was mostly funny though every single scene of Midnight Run is funny right just throwing that out there oh airplane <laughs> well that's debatable um, but definitely every single scene in Midnight Run. <laughs> yeah, but every scene with Russell Brand, which is a lot, most of it, was funny, I thought. Like, uh, there's just something about him. And I don't... We've seen him in stand-up. And when I'm watching his stand-up, he's, he's not conventional. Even his stand-up isn't conventional. It, he, it's weird. How it, I don't know. You know when Can you watch... Can we tell you how it is as a woman? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, I was going to skip it. I don't know what it is, okay? There are some men, and some women, to be quite honest with you. Something about their mannerism and their smile or the way they move or look straight at or around the... I mean, I'm talking about... Even in life, I've met a very few. Very, very few. I'm one of them. But they have a... uh, They have a direct line to there's something primally sexual, like... Uh, you mean like Mick Jagger? He doesn't do that for me, but I imagine if I were to see him in concert or something, I don't. And people Bono. Go, Bono doesn't do it for me, no. Bono. <laughs> so to speak. No, no, no. It's Russell Brand. Um, I'll be honest with you that uh, Arthur, you know, that guy did it for me. I don't know why. Doesn't he more? There's just He's something. like a little midget guy. But in Arthur only. 
Oh. He's not a midget guy. They're so rude. Well, that's funny because um, Russell Brand is going to be Arthur in the I know. Remake. I'm not so. looking forward to that, except for that it's Russell Brand. Because Arthur, to me, is a very sacred movie. I've seen it. What about Arthur 2? Dozens and dozens and... No, no. Dozens of I times. I liked Arthur 2 as well. But there are... Are there any... Well, I won't ask you that question because you'll just say, well, yeah. Any woman with breasts probably does it for you. I don't know. But there are certain people that just... I am captivated by that in a girl way from that Prince I can't of describe. Gemma oh, really? Abbott. Yeah, she's pretty. She get you feel like just yeah. um, like oh. Angelina Jolie in Tomb Raider. No. Yeah. No, I don't think we're talking about this is a different feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a whole yeah, different probably. thing. But Russell Brand has it. Now I've seen other comedians, a few rock star people who do it for me. I don't know and. It's not a person I want to hang out with. It's just for in that moment, like, oh my, there's something that stirs in my loins. And that's the God's honest truth. And, uh, and one of the things I just want to mention while we were here, um, the high definition presentation of getting to the Greek. One thing I did notice about Russell Brand is his mustache continues right up into his nose. <laughs> um, he has that's long part nose the, hair. That's not part of the sexual attraction. Like, I kept looking and I was... I was I fixated on it because I noticed it. So, like, every scene I was like, maybe that's just a shadow. Oh, no, it's not. It's actual hair coming out of his nose. So he's hairy in every aspect. He's got hairy chest, he's got hairy legs. You don't know. Yours might do that if you didn't shave it off. If I pull it out. <laughs> but it just dangles down and it's part of his moustache. It's kind of high def, did that. You were looking close. As soon as I noticed it, every scene I was like... <laughs> looking up there. So that was most of the... So you've uh, gone from him being indescribably sexy to having, to having lots of black hair, hair growing out of his nose. He has hair everywhere, so... His smile, I'm telling... I love you dearly. I'm very attracted to you, but I'm telling you now, that smile does it for me. Well, yeah, very uh, superficial. No, because I don't want to screw him or anything. I'm just saying, it's just this little split second of like, ugh, inside, and then it goes. Inside but, of you. Yes, I want to be. He sang that song, Inside of you, yes. Um, yeah, all right, so... Did you find it funny? I laughed a lot. Yes. Um, and so did I. And I was I really expecting did. not to. I was expecting it to be like trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Now, you could say it was in a parts. A few scenes. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> there was like some quality. I know if you like, it's not a Judd Apatow, an Apatow kind of production. If you like his kind of stuff, you'll know what you're going to get. Like a lot of improv, a lot of... Um, off the cuff, you know they do the scene. They do a hundred different versions, and I, th- I think they chose a lot. I mean, we saw a lot of the deleted things, and I think they chose the right ones to be in the movie. For being improv, it still comes off like all Apatow movies, Apatow type movies, very written comedic dialogue Mm. like there's no natural comedy i mean there's no natural flow of conversations it's all but a but a but a but a funny well i'll tell you an actual um, nobody really talks that way i'll tell you a complete instance of that and uh it really sticks out there's a bit at the beginning where they're all throwing ideas around the room for how to keep the record business alive and everybody's coming out with these what it comes across as is a bunch of comedy writers yes. just spewing out ideas. Yes, exactly. Like, 
Everybody spew out an idea. Everybody say one that they come up with off, off the cuff, and let's see which ones stick. And when you're watching the scene, it just feels like that's what they did. It's like contrived comedy dialogue, so I'm saying. Yeah, There's and, no... it, and you're like, mm, you know, and those lines that are coming out, about a third of it is funny. Because, like, one person's, you you kind of snigger, and then another one, you're like, mm. you know, it, it didn't work completely. And I think that's when, what do you call it, uh, improv goes wrong kind of thing. Like, sometimes it doesn't work. But sometimes, like, it's Jonah It's comedy Hill, house, you know? Like, you got improv on the stage, and everybody's just... And that comes across when you see deleted scenes, and you see them doing it over and over again. Yeah. And you can see the process of it. That's, that's a good way to say it. You see the process it of kind everybody... Of makes you, churning out what they think is funny 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 and then it keep kind of wears it, on it. you yeah i think if you were on the set and like they all laughing at they're all like oh jonah hill is doing um stuff he's doing like line after line after line after line you can see him doing it yeah and all the crew are like hysterically laughing at and every single to thing he each says other yeah that's well. funny. now for me i think i'd be on the set and I'd, I'd after a while i'd be immune to any of it i'd just be like all right because you know you'd it would get unfunny after a while, wouldn't sure. it? Sure. Because it's only so many... Um, it's not dick and fart jokes, but it kind of is. Sometimes, but Sometimes. it's just... It's contrived, it, even though it's improv. Yeah. Well, it, the funny parts for me are always... Some of the funniest things were between Jackie and... Um, what's his face? The woman in... Russell Brand and his woman. Yeah, there were some really funny she things. She was really like... She was really funny. Like, really funny. Um, she was the like the only person who could really put him in his place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was as bad as he was. Like, in the... Yeah. Rock star kind of way. Like, but a female version. It was... Uh, she was good. And, and I really liked the... Uh, I think the songs are good. Yeah. Um, that they make for him. You know, they're just... They're like, and, really catchy and really stupid. Good and bad, yeah, yeah. And, um... A lot of celebrities doing cameos in here that, were, you, you know, was kind of funny, I thought. Uh, there's some especially funny ones. In fact, one that I thought was one of the best things about the film, and that's um, Sean Combs. He's not a cameo, dude. He's like a main character. Do you know what a cameo is? A cameo yeah, is when they walk in a restaurant, and Bill Murray's sitting at a table, and everybody goes, Oh, sorry, Mr. Murray. And then they leave. And All right, then. Let funny. me rephrase it. <clears throat> Um, guest appearances. Um, no, he's not guest. He's a main people character. People are not generally actors doing acting. I don't even know what you're talking about. Lars is more of a, a like Yeah, a that was spot one. On, but he's not a cameo because he has lines and he's in right. more than one scene. See, I would say he was a cameo. Two, no. Two very short scenes. Cameo is walk-in, walk-off. Like Meredith. Who's Meredith? From the Good Morning America. Yes. Yeah, which she was... Good. She was herself, yeah, yeah. And then there was like Zoe Salmon from um, the One Show, and mm, yeah, different. There was a lot. Those are more of cameos. Yeah. Christina Aguilera was there for a second, and Pink was. Those there for are a cameos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people in there. <laughs> Sean Combs was like an act, like the third biggest character in the movie, so he's yeah. not a cameo. Well, all right then, I got it wrong. No cameo. You did. Um, guest star. <laughs> that supporting actor then. When, the you main get, when you get stuff like that wrong, that little feeling in me that happens with the Russell Brandt doesn't happen. That's funny, that <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> I'm just being funny. It's Women a, will know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, um... I think yeah, I'm, I did get it wrong, sorry. Um, I know what a cameo is. I know is. what you mean. I know what a cameo is, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, I just said the wrong thing. So I was trying to say supporting that. So some of the best things in the movie. Um, <laughs> but, 
Um, I don't think it was as good as Sarah Marshall. Um, I think Sarah Marshall is like a rewatchable thing. I don't feel like this one is. Like, I don't think I want to watch it over and over again. I kind of get it. Sarah Marshall has some moments where they're quite heartfelt, like Knocked Up. Yeah. I could rewatch Knocked Up as well. I could rewatch Funny People. Um, I could rewatch this one. Yeah, it's doesn't. It's not. There's enough like of those. Russell Brand that I enjoy. There are moments. Yeah, I guess I don't as much then. That's that's it. It's like I prefer a, a bit more of the drama part, and there's not as much in this one. I guess that's what I'm. When getting. we get to the cast, I'll explain why I think that is for me. Like funny people, you know, it it's a comedy, but it takes a serious turn. And so do most of the Apatow ones. Actually, they all take a serious. And when they take the serious turn, I like that. Like. It doesn't matter to me that it's not funny anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm with the character. I've, I've bought into the characters. Even 40-year-old virgin, like, it turns a... I mean, it's not madcap the entire time. It, yeah, because it, it tells a turns story. into some... I want to say natural dialogue, because that sounds crazy, because it's a written movie. But, I mean, it feels more like when people have those explosive... When they finally have a uh, like a big explosion and they have like an argument or a fight or something, it feels more natural. See, I guess a non-apato one that does this for me is Chasing Amy. Yeah, it's a, a hilarious kind of movie, and then it takes a very serious turn. And because the characters were so well written and you buy into them completely, you're emotionally invested, and the those parts work. I felt Knocked Up did that um, because. By halfway through the movie, like Seth Rogen or not, I'd got I'd, I understood the yeah. chemistry between them, and then when whatever happens happens, you feel for it. I think it'd be fair to say that Chasing Amy came about fifteen years before Judd Apatow ever yeah it did. did a movie. So, so you could say he might have been inspired <laughs> you know? by something like that. You know, it's taking it, yeah taking the sort of like wacky comedy elements and then stuffing in there adding an intelligent. Um, Story Emotional, rather than just yeah. rather than like because there is a lot of comedies as we know, like your American Pies or this kind of comedy that they're just a straight up goofy. That's it. There's there's not really a message. It's just a goofy kind of comedy all the time. Hot goofy. tub time machine. Hot tub time machine. Did it have a? Yeah, it kind of did have a. Um, they tried to. I don't think it absolutely worked yeah. on the roof. Yeah. They tried to have like a. This is what it's all about, man. Like. It's a life lesson kind of thing, but yeah. I, I don't think it worked as well. I mean, they tried. <laughs> I, I guess they wanted that, but it didn't. I mean, there was a dark side to that, remember? Yeah. Um, but no, these these movies do it well. This movie, though, getting to the Greek, yes, it it does have like a real dark emotional part, but it's not really a relationship thing. Yeah, we when we go to the cast, I'll, I'll say why I feel like that. Mm-hmm. Because it's more about the, the person. Yes, it's more about me. just yeah. the one thing. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, then. Let's go to the cast. So, Jonah Hill. This will be a controversial um, yes. one for you. Let's uh, As Aaron Green. Um, Jonah Hill's putting a lot of weight in this movie. Because he showed you a clip in the extras of him. Uh, forget- Is that relevant to anything? Forgetting ceremony. Yeah, I, I don't like it. It's like uh, that guy, Ethan Slurpee, when we saw him, like... You don't like it because it's unappealing to you. It's unhealthy. Yeah, so I feel. I just feel him. bad for somebody like who like. I don't know. But it's funny that that's the first thing you mentioned. So that like means. Well, what? let me let me put it. This. Um, 
I'm not the I'm not a huge fan of Jonah Hill, um, but I thought he did all right in this. There were some moments. moments where I thought he was all right, better than he has been in anything. I agree because in other movies they don't really give him a chance. Just the way he is usually wrote into a movie, like forgetting Sarah Marshall, he was nothing. I mean, it was just like some like. He, he was enamored with Russell Brand's character and he was like a busboy or waiter. Sleazy. He's always sleazy and like just really, really self-indulgent. Yeah, and in Funny People, he was the dude in... Yeah. The writer dude. It, it was not... He never was really given a chance, but in this one, he's, he's almost the main character. I mean, Russell Brand is the main character, but he's on the screen as much as Russell Brand is. And yeah, and there's a bunch of goofy stuff with him, but I think he did a pretty good job of the relationship scenes between him and his girlfriend were pretty good. I bought that relationship. Yeah. And what was the other thing? Uh, what I thought it was... Well, the relationship between him and Russell Brand. Actually, it was a journey. Yeah, kind a- of, for me. My problem is, I don't like him at all. I don't right. like that... that sm- I don't know what it is. That smart-assy... Um, I don't know what it is. I don't I like. I feel like I mean, he toned him. it down in this, though. He toned it down, and then and that's I'd, not be, his... I'd be like hanging on by my fingernails, you know, on a cliff, going, "Okay, okay, I like him. He's he's been sincere and he's been pretty funny." And then it, I, I would I would slip again, you know, I let go. But generally, I liked him better. And then I watched the extras, and I found him to be an annoying prima donna fucking. Of seven days in Vegas, it's sucking out my soul. Don't you think soul. he was being? No, I don't. I think he's a very aloof. Like I am the star of like oh, making this movie is just so hard work. I just always think he's being sarcastic. No, it was. He said it like ten different yeah, things. Yeah, that's why I think it was like. No, I don't think so at all. I think he was. I don't know. That's why I don't like. I didn't like it. So that took away whatever goodness. And so when we're talking about when it gets serious and you don't. I don't feel that guts of the movie. It's because I never totally like him at all. See, and I was thinking, like, say it wasn't Jonah Hill and say it was Seth Rogen. Wouldn't like it either. (laughs) I wouldn't like it as... I would like Jonah Hill better. Because he's got more of a naivety, like, because he's... I don't know, like... I know that Seth Rogen's character that he plays, which is that one character... Except that he's also about 20 years older. Yeah, exactly. He's been more wise. I sound like either one of them very much, so... No. But there again, you know, you could... I was thinking, who else could you insert? Anybody. (laughs) For me. Pick an unknown, pick anybody. Yeah. I, I didn't mind him. I thought he fit well. I thought there was a chemistry between him and Russell Brand. Um... At times... There's a lot of vomiting from Jonah Hill in this movie. I mean, that was a running gag. There was, you know, I, mean, I, I, had to I him found him more. I found him better in the scenes that were not comedy. Yes, he was. Restra- he was more restrained when he was trying. He didn't have just that- sitting at the table with his girlfriend talking. Yeah, that cultural thing that's happened with young people that go like so, right? Like right? That so kind of LA-ish thing does, and sort of. I don't know how to describe it, but he really pulled back on that. I felt like, and there were moments when he just would have a look and kind of make a face instead of going with the, I don't know. But I just don't like him. I, d- I didn't like him the first time I ever. I told you when we watched. I knew. I was think when we were watching the movie. I kept whenever he did something 
like outrageous or something. I kept thinking to myself, you're going to be like cringy. <laughs> like that. Um, it wasn't so much, I don't know, I just... Um, uh, some stuff he said, I was thinking, you're going to be thinking, oh my God, like, shut up. <laughs> no, I don't mind dialogue because I figure, even if it's improvised by that actor person, it's still in the in the context of what they're doing a scene in a movie, it's a story, and they've got characters to be. I don't have a problem with that. It's him. You know the feeling I get with Muscle Brand? It's like muscle he's the brand. <laughs> muscle. Oh, slip of the they tongue. call him the love slip of the tongue. They call him Russell the love muscle. Slip of the tongue, so to speak. Oh. I have the opposite reaction to Jonas Hill. I have the opposite Jonah. Jonah. I have the opp- I have the same negative thing about Rogan and Joe Rogan. Even like these are people who've turned me off forever and ever. So all right, so Russell Brand plays um, Snow, Mister Snow. I think um, we all know how I feel. Yeah. He's funny. He's just he just plays Russell Brand basically. If you like that character in Sarah Marshall, you'll like this the character here because it's a continuation of it. Um, it's more outrageous than he could have been in because he was only a very small part of that other movie. And what and he but he was funny in those few scenes. Um, very. And I think when we watched the extras for Sarah Marshall, one of them said, "Oh, it'd be funny to have a whole movie with Russell." Somebody said that in one of the extras, yeah, and yeah. I, I said to you. That'd be cool, and then it actually happened. So they said they had the discussion from the beginning. Um, so yeah, Russell Brand, if you like him, um, I recommend you watch. I his, really like watching him. I recommend you watch his stand-up comedy if you if you've only ever seen him in some movies. Watch his stand-up comedy because I think you really like. Oh it. yeah. O- also, his book, My Bookie Wook, is really funny. Bookie Wookie, wasn't it? My Bookie Wook. Oh. Um, so uh, Rose Byrne plays Jackie Q, who is Russell Brand's. Um, Loved one. Yeah. Um, she's hilarious. She is very An fun. Australian girl. I didn't really know who she was, to be honest. Um, she plays a British girl in the movie, but she's an Australian actress, and we looked her up, and she'd been in a lot of things, but nothing... Girl Interrupted she was famous for, right? But she was like a... No, that's oh, was that the, the other girl. One? All right, well, Rose Byrne... Yeah, I don't didn't know who she was, but she played this really... Very well. Like... Deadpan. She's deadpan, but hilarious. Yeah, at the same time, it was good. It was yeah. really good. Um, and you know, playing against Russell Brand and winning over, winning him. Yeah, like yeah. in some of the arguments they have and stuff. It's kind of funny. Um, P Diddy or Sean Combs as a Sergio Roma. Hilarious. He was really good. Like, I mean, I didn't want to like him, right? Because I'd seen the trailer. And it was just... The trailer, they kind of showed you that bit at the beginning where he's in the office being, like, obnoxious. Yeah. And I, I was thinking, that's not going to be funny. It's just P. Diddy, like, acting up. But the character unravels in this way that you just can't <laughs> comprehend. It's so weird. It's weird, like... like. And he doesn't really... It feels like... Like, you feel like he's the type of guy... Who just really putting everything into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he really... Even he lets go and he makes him look kind of silly and it makes him look like ridiculous sometimes. And it almost put me in mind of Tom Cruise as the guy from Thunder, whatever. Les you know, Grossman. The, yeah, the... I mean, he's not... You know, Sean Combs isn't like he just dressed looks up like or anything. <laughs> but he's got this like, you know, hardcore businessman. Got to get my record company up and going. But then he kind of just, like you said, he unravels a bit. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> the furry wall part is just... I could watch that over and yeah, over yeah, again. It's historical. Where they're just rubbing the wall. <laughs> that wouldn't mean anything unless you see the movie. <laughs> yeah. um, my furry So wall. yeah, I think he was like one of the... St- he stole the show from yeah. me. Because I was expecting what I saw in that trailer where I was kind of like... 
that's just going to be P. Diddy being obnoxious and it, it's not going to be funny. It'll be funny for five seconds. But from what he is in that scene to what he is at the end, it, that is a journey. Because it's bananas what he is at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and there's, that, there's just like a funny scene where, where he's with his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very small, but yeah, it's, it's like really hilarious. Because it's like, this is P. Diddy, it's hilarious. So, um, yeah, that's, that's funny. Uh, it's, he's, cast, he's got P. Diddy on the... Um, cast it says p diddy hmm. um so colm meany is jonathan snow who's the father of um, russell brand um what did you say about him i don't know he's always creepy to me but that's what he's cast as yeah we, we just sometimes when you think oh i don't like that actor he's kind of sleazy and then if you think about it the reason you think he's sleazy you know nothing about him me and you nothing true we've just seen him in roles that are kind of creepy and sleazy. So automatically we assume... True, true. Um, but when it's Jonah Hill, that is not the case. Because I find him really, really fucking annoying in interviews and behind the scenes all the same. And I assume that's him as a real person. I don't know that for a fact. Well, you kind of get an idea of the real person on those extras just for the brief. You do get an idea, don't you? I think so. You can think, I guess. But you say you think unless he's, he's being sarcastic, um, and I think... Well, that's what I'm dead. saying. Unless he plays it up all the time, because there's a camera pointing at him, even when he's... You know, like, I'm the funny guy. Like well, so. I'll need to invite him here for an evening, glass of wine, see if I still hate him. I don't hate him as a human being. I just find him... And I... I'm not like you I, with him. I mean, I think he's alright. Do you know what I mean? I've never... He's not my favourite, What but, movie is... Oh, uh, my grandma, my video game grandma, my grandson, whatever that one was. Grandma's boy. Okay? Uh-huh. He was in that. Was he? That was the... F- yes, he was the one that ended up with the woman with the boobs in his face. Oh. Remember? I barely remember like that friend. movie. Barely remember it. From that moment, I found him so annoying. And we're talking, what, seven years ago? Something yeah, like it's six a long years time ago? Alright, so Cole Meany we were on. Um, yeah, he <laughs> plays a sleazy character. And Russell Brand's father in this is also sleazy. Yeah. I think he did a fairly good job of being sleazy. Just, yeah, kind of a bitter old musician whose son has become a rock star and he hasn't. And then we've got Elizabeth Moss as uh, Daphne, who, is, who plays the girlfriend of Jonah mm-hmm. Hill. I really liked her. I did She too. seemed... Because I wasn't that familiar with her, she worked better for me as, like, what she was. Yeah, yeah. Because she's Jonah Hill's girlfriend and she's a uh, surgeon. No. Um, not surgeon. She's like an intern as a doctor. Yeah, So, but she's a... She doesn't get much sleep. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and, you know, it's you buy her as that. Oh, totally, because she's really, she's really tired and she really, seems really sweet. And then when you get into a couple of certain discussion, discussions, she totally surprises you yeah. with her little nice demeanor. And she just says, okay, yeah, let's fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> and when it's you fun. see it, you'll see it's unexpected and I think she does it really well. And then finally I put down uh, Kristen Bell makes a very small, and this is a cameo, appearance. Uh, a Sarah Marshall. Oh yeah. Um, so if you are a Sarah Marshall fan, you get to see Sarah Marshall with Rick. She Schroeder. doesn't get to see you though. No, as, no. As so um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it is pretty funny too. Um, so this is directed by Nicholas Stoller, or Stoller, who also directed Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and that is it. Um, or Saving Sarah Silverman, as I like to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which was an excellent first movie, I thought, for getting Sarah Marshall from a, a, a really, you know, and this one, I don't think it takes it further. Yeah, I think I agree. that one is a better movie, the first one. Um, 
But I'd like to see more from him. He's obviously involved with Apato. You know, it's um, that crew. You know, he's involved in that. Does it feel very distinctive? It does because you are talking truly. I mean, let's balls to the wall here, or whatever you say. (laughs) The brass tacks. The bottom line is, it's a Russell Brand thing. Yeah. Right. Oh, and if you're a Jonah Hill fan, then it's a it's a him it's thing. It's those but, two, isn't it? So there's really there's nothing you can do with it that's, um, like, stylistic or anything. I mean, you got a couple of camera moves here and there. You got a couple of stunts that they do, but there's nothing that you go, oh, that's a Judd Apatow thing, or that's the guy yeah. who directed Saving Sarah Silverman. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yes. <laughs> so. I don't want to say it's cookie cutter because the story and the style of it in the story is a certain thing, but the look of it is pretty generic, really. Yeah. He uses some tricks, mm-hmm. um, some camera trickery. I mean, some interesting moves. There's, there's, some, there's an interesting stunts here and there mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, it's a lot more, to phrase the guy, kinetic than... Like yeah. I said, Sarah, forgetting Sarah Marshall was more of people sat around talking. This is like a road movie. It's like moving all the time um, because rock and roll is that kind. It's not people talking. It's people getting effed up and vomiting, right? <laughs> and getting drunk. I like the way you say it. Rock and roll is, you know, be getting effed up and That's how, that's how Russell Brand would say it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, directed. Uh, DVD extras on this one. There's loads, right? Yes. Um, uh, first well, off... The- he has a whole disc of extra stuff. Um, first off, uh, an interesting trend uh, here. This is the Blu-ray version, and the Blu-ray is the Blu-ray disc with the movie, unrated or theatrical version. We watched the unrated version. Um, great picture and sound, gotta say, it, it really is. Um, but then the extras disc is just a standard DVD, which when you buy a Blu-ray disc, I think that's a bit of a... Because um, when you think... Well, I guess it's the same as putting the extras on the Blu-ray disc, but in low definition, isn't it? It's yeah. just the same thing. But, I mean, you've literally... Once you put that DVD in, none of that... is. There, there's no chance of any of that being high definition because it's not a Blu-ray disc. So, yes, you get a bunch of extras. They're on a DVD. So you don't even need a Blu-ray player. Um, well, if you want to watch the movie. Now, what's interesting, uh, first thing I wanted to mention, that comes with this movie, um, it's this weird... Um, it's hard to... You get a, a bonus movie. Let's put it that way. You get to choose between three movies. What were the movies? Uncle Buck, Days and Confused, and Live. 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 Life. Life. With Eddie Murphy and um, Matthew Martin Lawrence. Um, so you get to choose one of those three movies. Not the best selection in the world, we, I might add. But... Free. Free. Well... Yeah. Um, so it says on the back here, for a limited time with this Blu-ray, you get uh, to stream a bonus movie to your TV or, or cell phone, right? So we did it to see how it worked. It actually works really, it's very easy. You yeah. go to the, there's a little, on the bottom of the menu, there's a get your free movie. You click it, the three um, cover art for the three movies comes up, you choose one, we chose Uncle Buck. It says, are you sure? You say okay. And then the movie streams immediately, almost. Oh, what, like five-second wait, and it's on. Ten yeah. seconds. Um, and it looked fine, and there's your movie. It's a free movie. Now, stipulations with this. You don't get this free movie forever. In fact, you don't... You get... You're just watching it like you'd be watching it's it a on rental, Netflix. Basically. 
Or on Blockbuster. But it's not like Netflix, because on Netflix I can go and watch it as many times as I want, the same movie over and over and over and over. True. But on this one, you watch the movie, uh, and then if you stop it for any reason, you've, you've got 24 hours to go and watch it, otherwise it just disappears, right? Um, and the other thing is you can down, you can start it. I mean, not start watching it. Say I'm buying Uncle Book, basically. Click it. It comes to you for free. But if you don't play it, you get, what did it say? Two weeks to... No, it's till 2011. No, it's, to, it's till 2011 if you don't press the button. Oh. But once you press the button, it said something on the screen like you've got two weeks to watch this movie. So it's very limited. It's just if you're sitting there and you've watched um, this movie and, and then you, you want to watch another else, movie. You can immediately. Yeah. And it does work flawlessly. And we've watched it on a big screen and it looks just fine. It looked just fine once it started going. Yes, um, so yeah, it's an interesting. Um, we they said, well, I wonder why they're doing this, but there's also a couple of movies. It's sort of a gateway to you renting movies. It's a gateway to BD Live has never really been anything much, but now it's got movie rentals on it, which is a new thing. Two ninety nine to rent things like Forty Year Old Virgin and Knocked Up. Um, it's as good as renting them from anywhere else. It works just as well, I guess. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I foresee. Most of these discs come in with a choice of a free movie from now oh, on. Like you know, Wolfman had the Wolfman, the original. Yeah, Wolfman. that was kind of the first kind of test of it we saw, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you do get that. Um, there's U Control, uh, which is the un- universal thing where you can just skip to the music. Just music, though, is all that's in called. Just the music, yeah. There's um, no like behind the scenes or commentary. It's just the music from each scene. Right. Correct. Um, and then there is additional features. Uh, so let me just go through these. Uh, deleted and extended scenes. Wish you know what that is. There's an alternate intro called The Castle. Which I like the intro that's on the movie better. I like them both. I thought The Castle one was so funny. Because she gets to do her whole it thing with funny, the Buddha. I mean it's really funny. But I think the other one gets a lot of information yeah. over quickly. It's, it, I just think it's better done the other one. And I can see... But yeah, I mean, in the real movie, you, you don't see that big castle. The yeah. castle's awesome. Like, you don't see her... I mean, her. that's a really good scene for out, her. Yeah. Effing the Buddha. Yeah. Um, Buddha. Then there's an alternate ending called Riding Daphne, which I kind of like that ending too. Um, kind of shows to... him finding a new high, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, it kind of caps it off, whereas the ending in the movie... Yeah, now that scene would have come before the end because it would, he, yeah. it asked him to do the producing thing. And in the- it's a shame. It could have just been in there. That that yeah. didn't really need to have come out, did it? Um, anyway, it's there for you to see, and I kind of liked it. Um, and there's a stunt in that ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's uh, two gag reels, which you know what a gag reel is. Actually quite funny in this Yeah, it was one. funny. Um, there was some good stuff from Sean Combs, P. Diddy. Um, Linerama. It's a bit. It's a bit long-winded for me. Yeah, um, me too. It's in Linearama's a famous Apato. Uh, they've done it since the beginning, like forty-year-old virgin. It's just alternate lines of, um, you know, improv. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of boring. I mean, it's all right for a few minutes, and then you're like, oh, come on. Um, if it's boring for us, how do you think it was for them to have to think up all that shit? <laughs> there's three behind-the-scenes documentaries, and we watch the one of them uh, 30 minutes long all three of them are 30 minutes long so there's one and a half hours of documentary here the documentary we watched was like a just 
production diary kind of on the set talking to the people. I thought it was quite good. It was good. Um, and it covered like most of the main set sets. It talked about how they picked Sean Combs and... You get to see a lot of Russell Why Brand they wanted to do another movie with these two people and all that stuff. And you get a lot of Jonah Hill, um, which you obviously... That didn't. was why I stopped... I, that's why, even though I tried really hard to cling to the little bits I liked, then I listened to him and saw this sort of entitled, I'm a famous Hollywood, whatever I am, and that all kind of went away. Now... I got a bad taste in my What I really like here is, um, this is another exclusive on the Blu-ray extras. It's not on the DVD, but it's um, full music videos. So all the music videos, there are music videos during the movie. Made by Russell Brand, recorded all the songs himself, sang them, and did the music videos as a rock star. So you only see brief snippets of the music videos. Well, you see the music videos, and there's five or six of them in full on this disc, which is awesome if you love Russell Brand because and they're funny. They're funny he's songs. He's really hamming it up, and the songs are funny. Yeah, um, and then there's also all the concert performances that are in the movie. The full versions of those. So, if you like Russell Brand and you like this funny character he's created and yeah. the music, there's a lot of the music for you to listen to. Um, then there's uh, Blind Medicine, the full. Um, mm. That's like, Sarah Marshall doing it's her a TV show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like uh, a clip from. A fictitious TV show. Um, and then there's feature commentary with the filmmakers and cast. Uh, and then there's extended and alternate scenes. More, it says. So more of those. More music performances. Sing karaoke on all 15 songs from the film. So with a, you know, what do you we call We all it? know what that is. Karaoke. And karaoke. Not ca- karaoke. And cast audition footage. Karaoke. That was what the last thing was. Not interviews. Audi- auditions. Mm-hmm. Um, which it said interviews on the is a comment it doesn't say interviews on here anyway so um, yeah cast auditions is a on all the Apatow films there's always at yeah. the end cast auditions so you can see those digital copy of the film um, which is on the DVD disc and that's it you know what it didn't have and this is a universal disc Facebook integration it didn't oh yeah have, didn't it, ask like once. they missed it off there because that's on all of them now, and then it wasn't on this one. Because I was waiting for it to come up so I could but sign in. Did you tell in. it last time that you didn't want any more? No, I just uh, said, I didn't say forever. I just said, like, I mm. don't want to sign in now, I'll sign in later. But I don't know. Because I'd, I'd actually remembered my password so I could sign in <laughs> this time. But then it never asked me. So, so uh, that's the movie, uh, Getting to the Greek. I can't say I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Um, it's I not did. my favourite, but I, I, I had fun. I mean... You actually thought you were going to have a bad time today. You didn't look forward to it. But I said, the pre-show comment was, I'm not looking forward to this movie at all. Yeah. Except for the Russell Brand part. And so you were pleasantly surprised then, because if you laughed and you thought... I did. I laughed several times. Yeah. And I like the the concept of looking behind the rock star, or any famous person or person who seems to have the big charm on the front... To know what's really back behind there, even if it's just sort of a little little scratch under the surface, but I like that. I and it feels substantial. Like I didn't feel like it was. Yeah, too the short unrated version. Um, well, we watched. I I don't know what was unrated and what wasn't. Oh, to watch the unrated, by the way, you have to go into the extras. Yeah, and that pick is the a, unrated. You definitely should mention that because 
generally on these Blu-rays, when you press, when you put the disc in, it'll say, yeah. a screen comes up and says, what do you want, unrated or rated? Well, this one doesn't ask you, and we literally pressed play, and then we were like, oh, is this the unrated? Well, actually, before you pressed play, just to be a Go wife, I said, dude, probably need to go to the extras, and you just went ahead and pressed it, and then you're like, I don't know it's going to start. Because, like, it's, it's really funny, there's no, like, um... Standard because last week we watched Robin Hood, which was also a universal disc, and it, was round, and it right. popped up saying theatrical or un- unrated, and you can pick it. So there's a di- this one, there isn't a distinct choice. Like it, you need to go and root for the choice. Um, I would definitely pick the unrated. I think the unrated was um, not much longer though, like nine minutes. Mm. Um, so who knows what that was? What was extra? Kind of lingus. Yeah, and there's a blowjob type of deal. I remember. So and the asshole song. That she sings on her video. Yeah. And maybe... <laughs> and she says, maybe, talking about my asshole. Maybe the dildo <laughs> in the Yes, yes, yes. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> this makes this movie sound so classy. <laughs> the dildo and the asshole. And then pulling the... And the alligator fuckhouse. <laughs> the Cincinnati bow tie. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that guy didn't pop up. So, um, yeah. Uh, I recommend it, but I'm not... For a good time. Yeah, I'm not... It's not my favourite. I'd watch Sarah Marsh. I would Sarah go find Russell Brand in stand-up if you want to just dig... The last one we watched, about. the uh, Scandalous at the O2, it was that really was really... Funny. Oh my God, I laughed so hard, my face hurt. I mean, just That was so the hard. one where it was just after he'd been in trouble with the BBC with Jonathan Ross. Yeah, so yeah. he kind of covers that in the stand-up show and it's really funny. Um, and he does his uh, famous getting in the audience and pulling yeah. his mics. It's just funny, isn't it? He's... Not like any comedian I have ever seen. Um, it's hard to describe why he's funny. It is. You just have to see his, his expressions and the way he tells stories. It's, it's unusual. It's not like a standard stand-up. He's very self-indulgent and he admits it constantly, which yeah. I like. That's maybe one of the things I like about him. He doesn't, he's no, doesn't make only bullshit about, I am really indulging myself here in my behavior and the way I'm acting and I'm just telling you I am and I'm an asshole for it whatever like I like that yeah and he has a way with words let me say he uses a lot of interesting words where it's just funny because you're like I've never heard anybody use that word Mm -hmm, for like mm -hmm. last time I heard that word was in a Sherlock Holmes movie like what for example I can't say (laughs) off the top of my head because (laughs) but he does he uses a lot of like old English words and it's in his stand-up not yeah. in this movie but and, and when you hear it you're like that's just a funny way of putting something like it's just, um, so yeah he's funny um, so yeah I recommend it kind of what would you recommend instead oh so we're getting on to the recommend thanks to Universal for the disc oh no I'm just saying like you well let me get on to the recommendations okay, that's then. perfect isn't it um, so <laughs> movie, movie recommendations Here's what I would recommend. Not instead, because I, I In do reckon to. you should see it. All right. Adventureland. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. It's um, fun. Just... Funny, but gut-wrenchingly kind of poignant. More poignant than this one. Um, and the second one, because I was thinking about, like, looking inside rock and roll stars, etc. It was the boat that rocked. Oh, yeah. Um, not looking inside rock and roll stars, that movie, but looking inside DJs who were treated as rock um, yeah. people. Yeah. I just thought it was really good, that movie. That is a rewatchable movie for me. Um, mm-hmm. A Richie Curtis movie, um, the guy who did Love Actually. We've reviewed it on this show, actually. Um, it's really funny. And a funny look behind that whole... P- 
people who get off on being famous. Famous, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That and might my take. recommendations are because you mentioned this movie to me because it has the guy in it that I said is creepy, the Colin, whatever his name is. Called in, yeah, called Intermission, and it has Colin Farrell and the guy from 28 Days and the really cool girl from Girl in the Cafe. Isn't that her? Yes. She's also from Train Spotting. Um, I don't Kelly McDonald. McDonald. Now I don't. Rem- I can't. It- oh, talking of Kelly McDonald, Boardwalk Empire, the new show on HBO, the Martin Scorsese. She's the oh, lead. She's, she's awesome. Lead. She's yeah. really awesome. Now, I don't recall watching this whole movie, but I watched the trailer on IMDb. You did because I remember watching. And it. I know, I'm, but I'm saying I only remember tiny little bits of it, so I should watch it again. So you I'm recommending that you watch. It's not funny or anything. It's not comedy. It's, it's awesome. It's got some funniness. Like, life funny, but it's really serious, and it's kind of, like, violent, and it's got crime and whatnot, but it's really intense, like, gritty. I, I liked it. I like what I think I remember of it. I it need to watch it again. And the other one, and a kind of Layer Cake you had mentioned as well. Yeah. Because he's in that as well. Layer Cake, is not, that's not my recommendation, but... And Intermission is the first one, and my other one is Maybe Baby, because in there... What was that one? It's with uh, House M.D., and the chick. Oh, yeah, that she was wants funny. The baby. That was funny. And the, one of the reasons I thought of it was, kind of like with Bridget Jones' diary, when the mom goes off with the guy from TV, because it's all glamour, but then when she comes back to the dad, she's like, he's not the same behind the scenes. He's, t- you know, he's just orange. And he's like, oh, yeah. there's nothing to him other than this image. And then in Maybe Baby, the woman kind of hooks up with the rock star as well. And, of course, it's not... Who plays the rock star? I thought it was Russell Brand, but it, but, not, but it? it wasn't, no. So, and is it's it really Reese charming Hyphans? little... No, no. No, no. So that I didn't write, remember the name, but... um, And it's just a nice little movie. It's a long time a ago, little British pre... It's long... Yeah, it was probably around when Intermission came out. Like it's got some one. sentimentality about it. Sweet little British-y, pre-Love Actually kind of sentimentality to it. I still, I still think, to this day... Nothing can touch Love Actually for a romantic <laughs> comedy. Nothing. Aww. I mean, it's just hilarious. It's like very British, very funny, and, and very ti- sweet. Absolutely timeless and sweet. You I don't think, think it's it very fits romantic. the time though. You don't think when you're watching yeah. it, you don't think this is such a time. It's it's you could watch it like it's just yeah. It's not really. I don't know the. You You're get, blinded by love, though. You love it. I just think it's really funny. I was just thinking about that. It's funny and sad. I was it's thinking got... about the uh, line um, with the octopus in the... Um, yes. <laughs> what she, what she no, say? and he says, um, lobster number lobster. two. And she, the, Emma Thompson's like, there, were, there was more than one lobster at the birth of baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Because <Huh. laughs> like, <laughs> the kid comes from the yeah. nativity. They're going to have the nativity play, but there's lobsters and octopuses and octopi. Whatever yeah. It's funny. <laughs> And when he's just in the car, like, a, in between <laughs> yeah. them. And they're trying to have, like, an intimate conversation. <laughs> That's so good. The movie's brilliant. Yeah, it's a one to watch every Christmas. That's not on it, my recommendation list, but it's a good it's one. It's an absolute must-Christmas movie. Like, if you don't... You've got to put it on, haven't you, like, Christmas Eve. We do. Uh, all right, so, moving on to... Um, that was recommendations. Moving on to games and Ace Scully stuff. Played quite a few games this week. Mafia 2 was the first one. Um, the DLC for Mafia 2, Jimmy's Vendetta. Uh, I played Mafia 2 and finished it. I don't think I mentioned it because it was before you went away. Um, but I did finish it. Um, I was quite disappointed by the ending. I don't know if you remember. I was sat in there and the credits were scrolling. Yeah. 
and he was playing Ain't That a Kick in the Head that, that by a, and I said to you really that's the ending I feel like I played for 15 hours got a kick in the head it almost felt like 15 hours and like they forgot to end the story now I've heard there's going to be some DLC that's like further in the story I'm not sure I'm into that trend like because when I buy a game I feel like I should get at least that story and then if they are going to do DLC, it should cover something else, right? Because we don't want to buy, get into the Greek and have to buy something else to find out what happened. Like a like Pirates an add-on. of the Caribbean? Yeah, well, sequels. Lord of the Rings? Yeah, but I, I don't mean... I mean, like, I don't want, like, movies to say, like, oh, and if you want to see, like, what happened to um, Aldous, Aldous Snow... Uh, Download the 15-minute epilogue. I don't want that kind of shit to go on, which is what's happening in movie, in video games right mm. now. Um, it's almost like, here's a bit we just snipped off the game and we'll charge you $10 for that in a few weeks. Um, it's a right. bad habit. Now, this, this DLC I played, though, Jimmy's Vendetta, it isn't the ending to the game. It's You download the DLC and you're a completely different character. You're this guy called Jimmy. He's just getting out of prison... It's the same city that Mafia 2 took place in, but you don't interact with the character who you played originally. He's a different guy. It's a different area of the mob. He's doing jobs for a different person. Um, so it's cool because you're a new guy. There's some new cars. There's, it's kind of different, apart from you know the city because you've played it for 15 hours already. Um, but what's what the problem with it is... There's not really a story. It's kind of like side missions right? with this new guy. Now, that leads me to think, because the original game had no side missions, and that was one of the things people complained about Mafia 2. They said, oh, this is a cool open world game. Look at this cool open world city that you can mess around in. But there's actually nothing to do. There's just the story. Now, this kind of doesn't have a story, but it's side missions, like go and rob this place for no reason. Just go and rob this place, go and kill three guys, go and do this. So to me, it seems like this was also in the game and they decided to piecemeal that for another ten bucks. It's a bad habit. It's Mm -hmm. really bad, like, because Rockstar, they do it right. You buy a GTA game, it's huge, it takes you a hundred hours to finish it, and then six months down the line... There's a DLC, and it's a brand new thing. It's absolutely... Remember, it was like mm-hmm. a Lost and the Damned. You're a motorcycle gang. It's not just these side missions. It's like a brand new 20-hour story with these new people in Liberty City. That's the way to do it. Like, a brand... You don't want to be... How much is that? Those are $20, which was fine. It was another 20 hours of GTA... A brand new story, all self-contained. It's not like an add-on to the first one. But no, I'm I'm not digging this. Yeah, I know what you mean. Isn't do you, want, do you like Mafia Two? Uh, yeah, I really did. Well, gives another ten dollars. There's another five piece hours. Of it. Yeah, there's another piece of it that's actually could have been in it already. But we do want another ten dollars from you. I don't like it. Um, but the Jimmy's Vendetta DLC, it's fine. It's cool to play if you like Mafia Two. But I wouldn't pay ten dollars for it. That's that's all I'm saying. If it comes down to four ninety nine, it might be worth it. Um, secondly, I've been playing more StarCraft 2. Don't really need to go into that. Just been playing StarCraft 2. It's, um, funnily enough, I don't play RTS games very much. 
but when I go to my games of the year at the end of this year, that's going to be in the top five. Ah. And that's really weird. Cause I said to you the other day, I don't play this kind of game, no. but this game has got its hooks in me. I can't not play it every day, which awesome. is really weird. So I said maybe I'm just changing tastes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, another game um, I've been playing this week, interesting, is a, a game from last year that we played to death last year, but there was a sale... Uh, on the PC version of this Xbox 360 game called Borderlands, there was a sale uh, for one day where it was very cheap, and uh, we purchased it on the PC, me and a friend, and we've been playing it co-op, and uh, it runs on the PC better than it did on the 360. There's no frame rate issues, which there was on the 360 one. Obviously, the PC is a bit more beefy than the 360. Um, plays really well, um, and it I think it was like less than $5. One ninety nine, I thought you said, two ninety nine maybe. It was cheap. Yeah, yeah. And that's one dollar. That I think that, it was one dollar. Yeah, but it doesn't exist. The, the the it doesn't matter what it was. The that offer's not available oh, anymore. Right. It was like a one day thing. But um, on Steam. No, it was on. It was interesting because I've never bought anything from this service. But it's games for Windows Live. I didn't even know it existed. Microsoft have a client hmm. that you download called Games for Windows Live. You sign in with your Xbox three sixty login. Right. And you buy PC games through it. Um, well, all kinds of PC games. You can just buy them. They download and then you install them. Ah. Um, it's one of those delivery systems. Um, there's loads of games in it. They're all mostly retail price. GTA and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it looks like on the front page every week they have a big discount on one particular title. And this week it was Borderlands. So it might be worth keeping a look at. You know, Because I look at Steam every week. You don't pay a monthly fee or anything, right? You just no, buy you just buy a game right. when you want one. And... If you reformat, you just load the software up and re-download it for free. You know, it's not like... A... Nice. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so, I've been playing that. Third, I've been playing Dead Rising 2, which you saw quite a lot of. Uh, we're probably going to continue that tomorrow. Um, cool. It's much like Dead Rising 1, right? Zombies, a mall. But this time it's in Vegas, so there's not just a mall. There's a huge casinos... There's this, new me- there's this new mechanic that isn't in the first one at all where you find these workbenches and then you find objects and you make things out of... So certain things you can combine together. like For example? A paddle that you paddle a boat with and two chainsaws. Oh, right. Or a hat and beer. Makes a beer hat. Right. Or like a dinosaur, a big fluffy dinosaur head and fireworks... Right. You can put them on a zombie's head and it, it kind of, all fireworks come out and all the other zombies go towards it. It's all kinds of... There's a traffic pylon cone with a bullhorn and you put them together and you can like... Bull yeah, with them. a uh, paint can. Oh, is it a paint can? It's a paint can Spray on a traffic cannon. cone. And right. then when you squirt it, zombies' heads blow off. It's, it's bizarre. It's crazy. I said to you, it's like probably one of the most goriest games ever, right? I mean, it's... But it doesn't feel like it when you're watching it. just because... Like, the main character in the game, Chuck Green, you can dress him however you want. My guy had, like, a woman's dress and a handbag at Well, at one, one point I looked, he was wearing bunny slippers, hoochie mama shorts, a little, uh, <laughs> like a, what's it called, like a halter top, and then a pink thing on his head. can't remember what it was. Like, either bunny ears or a bandana or something pink. Yeah, all kinds. Like, uh, we've had him in a And then messing around with the chainsaw in his hand. We had him in, like, uh, leather chaps that have no ass in Yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy. Like, in fact, it's it's so crazy. You can go in a sex shop in the game, dress in, like, some weird 
fetish outfit and have a massager. I'm doing that in um, yeah. air quotes for your weapon. Now I'm assuming the massager also uh, can be combined with something on the bench, but I haven't figured it out yet. You right. know, to make some weird. So yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, there's a light. There's a lightsaber. There is a lightsaber. I'll give you a, a tip. Combine a flashlight with jewels from a jewelry shop. Oh, all right. That makes and it, then it goes makes a real. It, it's like called a, the laser sword, right? But it's pretty much a lightsaber. It is a lightsaber. Yeah, it I mean, it even makes the lightsaber noise. And it pops out. It's pink or whatever. Yeah. It's it's a cool game. I I'm all for it. It's a good time. There's it. a lot of people who hate it. Hate it with a passion because of its structure. Its structure hasn't changed much either. It's very. You're gonna do what we say. There's not much room for clowning around. If you get what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like. It keeps you on this path because the story, I mean, you're supposed to, it's supposed to be urgent. Like, you've got three days to, you're going to be rescued in three days by the authorities because they've been alerted. But you've basically got to hold out for three days. So the reason it tells you to do things is to keep the pressure on you. Now, some people hate that um, because they just want to clown around. Yeah. Now, is there any point in the game when you get past the story and then you can just goof around? Yes. In fact, if you fail the missions that it keeps giving you, if you fail one of them, you cannot finish the game in a good way anymore because the the story goes away, right? Because maybe you failed part of the mission. Then it says to you, do you want to reload the game and try again? Or do you want to start the game all over again? Or do you want to just exist but nothing good will come of it you can just mess around so yes you can do that so you'll get an ending eventually in three days if it goes bad mm. but it'll be a bad ending but still you can there's no time yeah. limits no nothing you can just make things and kill zombies um, and what's really cool is whatever you do fail win you always keep your experience and your level ups because you level up your Chuck Green character and he gets better the further he goes. So even if you start again, you're still... If you start again, he might be level 20 because you already... So it makes it a lot lot easier if you start Mm. again. The game's designed. It's a Japanese developer. Well, it isn't actually this time, but it it was originally. Um, And they followed that blueprint. The game's designed to be played multiple times. It's not like a game that you would play once, get through... Yeah. And put it away. It's a game like you keep leveling him up and like, let's try it again. Now I'm like 30 times more powerful than I was before. And it just gets better the more you play it, you know? People hate that. I am don't. I think it's fine. Um, one thing they, they did improve this time was last time, and this was really harsh, you only had one save slot. Just oh, one man. save slot. So if in the other game you buggered something up and it said now it's time to save you've buggered it up you have to start again this one you get three save slots so there is a option of save in the three different slots and go well I did screw up let me go back a save yeah. like, so yes they did kind of lighten up on it a little bit this time but last time it was so stressful because you had to do it or not so I think that was the idea like you're in a zombie apocalypse you yeah I guess though these days and me being the type of person, and we'll discuss Civ Five in a second. Um, I don't like the challenge of things. I just want to do things. 
So if you give me that option straight off the bat, you're in, you've got three days, you've got to survive in this mall or this city and do it open world or what do we call it? Sandbox mode. And at the end of it, there's, you know, then that's it. That's all I'm going to do is roam around. But then I can also choose to have the story and the constant thread of the girl thing and the, you know, I would like that option, I think. Yeah. And me as like a long time player of games, um, I do like a bit of challenge in a game, you know? I don't want to just cruise through stuff. I do like to figure out a boss. It's rewarding. Like, um, oh, this boss kicked my ass. Uh, uh, Let me just step back and see what he does. Okay, he runs over there and he does this. Oh, I think I've figured him out. And then when I figured him out, it's kind of rewarding, you know? And the same with, like, the game I was playing earlier today. There's some parts where I kept getting killed and then I had to step back from it and just go... Okay, what was I doing wrong? And then when you do do it right, you're like, okay, yeah, I get this. You know, it's I like that. Um, some people don't, but I don't. Yeah, but I'm a long time a player of games, and you know, I grasp mechanics of games immediately. Except I've finished Plants vs Zombies four times now, so I yeah, like you know, that kind of challenge, and then I keep going on it. And, and that is a hefty say, challenge. Some people say it isn't. It's just a stupid. You know, but you get really, really far into it, and then really. To me, I like that one because I'm figuring it out a little bit at a time. I'm moving on to a Civilization Five. Been playing quite a bit of that this week and last week. Um, you played a little bit of it. Very little. It's Sid Meier's fifth um, Civilization game. It's not the kind of game I generally play. No. Uh, in fact, it, the Civilization series has been an exception along the way. I've always played it when it came out. Never stuck with it for a ton of time in fact Civ 4 I stuck with quite a bit I played it for a while Civ 5 I'm really digging because it's so in depth Um, it's very in depth (laughs) and I don't get it it's very nerdy and that's stupid right I mean I don't sit there and go I don't understand what's happening or anything like that it's just there's so like I don't get the turn based thing you say well you just take a turn and I'm like okay I'll do this and I'll take my turn but then you're like no you can do all this stuff and then your turn is over. I'm like, what do you mean all this stuff? You move this and move that and move this and move that and do this and do that. And then my turn is over? Or just the move this and then my turn is I don't get it. No, you do all. I've, well, you, you get it now because I told kind you. Kind of. But I still think, oh my god. I mean, I think it's a really big commitment. It, it is. And there's no design to me. No design element, like you say. No, okay, that's not what it is. It's not exactly. That. And to me, that's like when I. I mean, there are ele- there are elements of that later on in the game when you get to about turn three hundred or so. The relevance of um, laying down roads, connecting things properly, um, laying down telegraphs, all the, all those kind of things. But they don't come in the early game because you don't. It starts. You're basically cavemen. Um. Your very early civilization, you don't know how to do anything. And you go all the way... This game spans from knowing nothing to being able to fly into space. So, you know, it goes all the way up to 2055 or something like that. See, what I want is I've got my land and they say... And the game is like, here's your caveman and cavewoman and here's how you can discover fire and you have to go find the stick and you have to accidentally drop the rock. I think you prefer something rock. like black and white, something more... I do until the enemies come. Right, yeah. I don't like the battling. I don't. I just find it really boring and too much, like, 
of a distraction from creating something and seeing how it works. So I would rather sit. Yeah, I would rather sit and play Lemonade Stand, the little stupid Java game that you can play on loads of just the crappiest version, even where you pick the amount of sugar you want, pick the amount of lemons you want, pick the amount of ice you need, and your cups, and then you let it go. And see what the weather was like and all that. And then you have to go decide again how much, you know, it's like a yeah. puzzly type of thing. I would rather do that for three hours than to sit there and, like, have to worry about some enemy coming and tearing down everything I've just built. I've got to say Civ on the PC, Civ 5 on the PC, it's a beautiful looking game. Oh, it game. looks awesome. They've made it really look awesome. I mean, it looks like you're looking at a Google map of... Yeah, it looks cool. It's really, really... There's texture, there's bumps, you know... It's it, really in-depth as well. It's like, very in-depth. You could, I feel, you could still be playing it in five years' yeah. time and still learning things. It's one of those very rare games that come along where you could have just that game yeah. and no others. Like, you could sit and play that game for the next year. I think you could, if you were really into it. Um, it's an excellent game, um, but you really have... There's a learning curve, and secondly... You don't have... I was going to say you have to have patience. But you can take it at your own pace, really. Yeah, there's too much military for me. It's kind of a slow-moving game until it gets... it. You know the beginning part of the game? The first four hours, maybe. It's quite slow because you don't know anything. When you get to, like, a point where... You know, I'm, I got to a point in my game where I, it was 1940. Where I had... You know, modern-ish militaries, and I, you know, obviously invented the wheel and all that kind of stuff. So my civilization was a lot different to the beginning. Mm. The beginning, you've basically got nothing, right? You've got a a man. You I can... don't feel like it's an. I don't feel like it's enough hands-on for me. Everything is just handed to you. Here, you're going to research writing. Boom, you can write. Here, you can research fire. Boom, you got fire. Here, you can research. Uh, mil- um water travel. It's all your choices, though. It is, but there's nothing to it. It can go so differently. You can't... You're not doing anything, though. Like... It's really like a board game. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, those things you could say you're just turning over a card, like in a board game, and it tells you what you're going to get. My thing is, if I'm going to build my civilization, right, you can say, oh, you can design whatever civilization you want. Not really. It gives you options, and you have to choose from their options. And you're always going to have to have research about culture. You have to have military. You have to have follow your happiness of your people. No matter what happens, you have to do these things. Uh-huh. I want to be able to design my civilization. Completely absent would be politics, military. I just want to have you somebody can. build that. No, you can't. You cannot. You cannot. There's always an enemy barking at your door. They're not doing anything. They're it doesn't matter. They're there. And you keep getting told. You've, you've yeah, got an enemy. But, I, want, I mean, I want that not to exist in my world right. at all. But yeah, you. that's not to say to people, you can play this game completely peaceful. You can. Um, well, yes, really. enemies will back. Yes, you can. You, can't, you totally can. But you. you have to keep making deals with people and you have to keep... Yeah, like, it's about dem, dem, um, diplomacy and you can consult with capital cities and make deals and or go the politics route you know like um you don't have to fight ever you can if a if if somebody is threatening you you can make a deal with maybe another place and they can 
Right, and I want that not to exist, right, is yeah. what I'm saying. Well, this is just... No, I mean, like, I want... The if I'm about... building a civilization, I want whoever's made the game, whatever algorithms they've come up with, whatever combinations you set up for it to go this way or that way, right? Like, when I go explore the world, and I've decided I want no military, I want no conflict in my world. Just, I mean, it's a game, right? I can do whatever I want. I should be able to create... I shouldn't be people going, We well, yeah, but in real life, there really is military. Fair enough. I play Plants vs. Zombies. I don't have a lot of well, plant-eating zombies. That's what I'm saying. Right. I want... No, I mean, I want it not to exist. Right. If I'm creating civilization... No, you, you can't. You can play a game where there's only... Well, there's, you can play a game where there's um, no opponent, right? You can no. just have you. No. You, two is the smallest. All right. So there's always somebody barking at you. Or if I'm exploring the world, all of a sudden I'm in somebody else's territory and they want to attack me and they don't like me anymore. I just want to remove that out that part of it. I want to be able to build things, and not a, like, la-la land, but, I mean, really build things on culture. But if you do, like, the building of a yes. civilization and everything that it entails, right up to... From the real world. <laughs> like, when you get to modern day, you you can research a nuke, you can start a nuclear war, you can um, go to space. You win the game, actually, if you go to space. You... Because you outdid everybody. You colonize the moon or whatever um so yeah it's a cool game and really in depth you literally if you pick it up and you're into this kind of game you'll be playing it for a long time maybe i should get sim city again because that would be more my style you can do all right moving on quickly um guitar hero 6 i thought you wanted me to talk about my trip to germany again i I do want to get to it guitar hero 6 warriors of rock i played that this week um finished it got to the end um what I was promised from this game was like, and what I've heard, you know, in the press releases over and over and over again all year, was Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock will have this new quest mode hosted by Gene Simmons as the voice, and you'll do this cool quest, and it'll be like World of Warcraft, but you'll be playing songs for the quests. It really isn't that. What it is, is a series of cutscenes in between the songs that just link the songs together. It's actually nothing like they said it was. Uh. So, oh, and the other thing about it is, the first, I'd say, 60 minutes of the game is great. There's some great songs, you know, Dire Straits, Money for Nothing, Bohemian Rhapsody, great songs. And you're like, every other song's like, great, you know? And then you get about 60 minutes in, and every song from that point, personally, I'd never heard of it. It was either death metal stuff that I'd never heard of, really bad versions of, like, they had a couple of Black Sabbath songs, but they chose the live versions, which didn't sound very good. You know, like, why why not just use the version that we know, you know? Um, the music choices, I understand Guitar Heroes, a lot of rock people like it, but when it gets to a certain, you know, a certain point, and it's just like, crazy death metal that's you know the like song after song after song I'm not interested in is that because it's harder so you're progressing into harder it's it's quite hard yeah so like when you get to the very last tier it's all thrash metal I don't like that type of music so it's very it's fun to try and do it you know and get all the notes but the music does nothing for me right I mean I want there's some amazing songs at the beginning Kiss Love Gun you know there's some 
they've got Gene Simmons doing the voice they've got one Kiss song you know but they've got a bunch of like songs I've never heard of so I think what's happening and we are in the sixth version of Guitar Hero all the best songs <laughs> well people know all the big guitar hero, the guitar rock anthems they've been used right so we're getting to a point where what do we you know we've had Aerosmith all Aerosmith we've had all Metallica we've had all Green Day you know all those bands have been covered yeah and now it's like when they pick in the song lists and they have to outdo themselves every time oh this year we've got 90 songs this year we've got 100 songs it's nearly 100 songs in this one I think to pick 100 songs now when when you have to look at what has already been used yeah yeah it's harder and harder so not to mention you've got that other game that also band. uses up games band, yeah. <laughs> and, and the, another problem is now when you look at the set lists on Rock Band 3 and Guitar Hero 6 there's a lot of duplicate songs that cross up you know they're in both games that started happening a couple of years ago it just when you get to like Guitar Hero 10 and Rock Band 7 and all that kind of stuff is it what's going to happen like is it just going to be nothing that you've ever heard of all these random independent songs that you're well this is cool because it's new music but but you haven't they haven't even touched on like pop music and all that kind of stuff I they know did a little bit they made a they made a, a game last year called Band Hero which was a spin-off from Guitar Hero which featured like Taylor Swift and um Leona Lewis and people like that they went a poppy route with that one with the whole band but it didn't do it. Nobody cared about it. Right. It didn't sell. So they're not going to do it again. So Yeah, yeah. I don't know where they go in these rhythm games. There's I'm, not been a Rolling Stone one. There hasn't, but I'm assuming... Or Doors. I'm assuming those would have already happened if they were going to let them do them. Hmm? I mean, I would have done the Doors pretty much right away, right? You know... I guess you got to hold your cards close to your chest. I mean, the Beatles was done. Everything that the Beatles has done was pretty much done on they that. They do the monkeys. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we're the monkeys. Um, so, monkey so rhythm games, where I love them, and I do like getting the plastic guitar out every once a year and playing the game. I have getting more excited over the DJ Hero game, um, which the new one comes out very soon. I just like that better. I don't know if it's because it's newer. Or I like that music. You better. like that music better. Because I have. like Daft Punk. You never like... even liked rock music when you ten years ago when mm. I met you, eleven years ago. You no, weren't into I, it at all. But what I really, what really, but you gel- haven't, they haven't had like John Cougar songs, have they? Yeah, Bruce yeah, Springsteen. Yeah. They've had all them. Uh-huh. Cheap Trick. Uh-huh. ZZ Top. Right, They've so all they, been in there. <laughs> I'm thinking of all this went from rock post rock rock star in excess. You know that year when they were trying to get in in excess yeah. in excess. Have they got in excess? See, it was a shame because, like, in this new one, there was a Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ Top, right? Which is an awesome song. Awesome to play on a plastic guitar. I mean, it's just an iconic guitar song. They chose this weird live version that... It was was ZZ Top, but it was a live live at somewhere. And, you know, live... You know, you're very familiar with the studio version. And the live version's just a little bit... I mean, you get used to it, but for me, it's like... No fun. Just give me the the version I know. Like, why? The version I heard on MTV 500 times. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. So I'm looking forward to DJ Hero 2 more. And this year's DJ Hero has got a lot more songs. I mean, they'll run DJ Hero into the ground, I'm sure. It'll be boring in about three years when they've used all the songs up. Right? Old Moby. <laughs> Moby's not been in it yet. I'm, he's not in it this year either. So 
But Unless, be honest, you're a rave kind of, you're an ex-rave kind of DJ I, kind of guy. I like um, house music, trans electro, that kind of stuff. So trans electro, you know, trans electro house, that kind of music. Right. Um, not, I mean, in this year's DJ Hero, there's stuff like Lady Gaga and stuff. I can take or leave that kind of stuff. But I mean, Daft Punk are in there, and Dead yeah. Mouse is in there. You know, Prodigy. this stuff. The Prodigy are in there. There's stuff like that where it. Where to me, I'll turn it on and start playing it, and it's like, yeah, this is my music. I, ZZ exactly. Top's not necessarily my exactly. music. So that's where I dig DJ Hero, I guess. I feel that DJ Hero will be the next big thing, but I think they'll run it into the ground. Activision are good at doing that. You know, It'll just be like, oh, there's three DJ Heroes next year. Like, like they do with Guitar DJ Hero, you can't play with the group, though, either, can you? You've just got your board. You, you can do it with two thing. people. A, a turntable each like a but I mean those like I've seen Guitar Hero and Rock Band in school yeah gymnasium kind of rooms I've seen them in a rec center I've seen them in a place where like a group of people can sit around and have like a party or have a gathering and play it all together see what they've added to DJ Hero seems a bit um, individual to well me. what they've added to DJ Hero this year I guess to go a little bit step in that direction is you can do two turntables now um like, I can do one, you can do one, two separate. Like, you're on one record, I'm on the other. We, hmm, or that battle, sounds tricky. Or battling each other. And thirdly, what they've added to DJ Hero this year is you can plug your uh, rock band mic in and the lyrics come up so you can have somebody uh, rapping or singing to whatever the song is. So that at least adds Something, yeah. a little bit of a party feel to it. And the music's way more suited to a party anyway, that kind of music, you know. Dainty. Yeah. Ravy. Um, so, yeah, that's... Um, all those music games put into one. And uh, finally, there was one more thing. Xbox 360 um, dashboard update. I got into the beta for the dashboard update. I've got to say, it's the best dashboard update. And they do one every year, pretty much, at this time of year. And they usually improve it a little bit. Improve it a little bit. They've improved it a lot this time. They've changed the look of it. They've changed the the way it boots up. The logo, the Xbox 360 logo, the bin looks different. All the colour scheme is different of the theme. It's easier to read. Your achievements come up a lot faster. All the things I thought were wrong with it, they fixed. Um, everybody will get this update. Um, November the 15th, I believe it'll be. But if you're in this, I'm in the um, preview programme. I have it now. Now, the only problem with it is, I have it now and none of my friends do. Um, they've added a new speech codec. So... They've upped the quality of the headset speech in the new dashboard. But while I'm on the new dashboard and all my friends are on the old one, I can't speak to anybody. It doesn't cross work. Except to the Skype thing. Yeah, so right at the moment, as it stands, until November the 15th, when everybody else gets theirs, I can't speak to anybody on Xbox Live. I didn't know that when I signed up for the thing. It doesn't really matter, because, like you said, I can do Skype. But um, it's a strange thing not to work. I mean, you can talk to anybody who's got the new dashboard, but that's like, I think they chose 5,000 people this time. It's not many. And I don't know anybody who has it. Do you have to give them feedback and stuff for being in the No, you just get the preview and you... If you... I think if you spot a bug or something, you can report it, but I don't think there's any... They don't really want... It's just a preview. Right. It's not even a beta, really. It's just like, here it is early for some people. Enjoy, like, and that's it. Uh, It looks a lot different. Um... Next week's games, I will talk about next week, um, is Enslaved Odyssey to the West. And 
the brand new Castlevania game, which I'm so excited about. Um, not been a Castlevania game in a long time. This one is supervised by Kojima Productions, who make Metal Gear Solid. It's so big, the game, apparently. It takes 24 hours to complete. And this is like a God of War type game, not an RPG. Only 24 hours? Tw- you know God of War, like an action game, climbing up things, swiping things. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of game, and it lasts for 24 hours. Like, God of War lasts eight at the most. Mm. This is a huge game. comes on two DVDs. Supervised by Kojima Productions, which some people say that's bad because he has, like, 50-minute cutscenes. You've probably heard that before. Mm-hmm. I'm excited because Castlevania has not been around for a long time and um, it's never been next-gen. It's always been a side-scrolling old school. This is the return to Castlevania. And if you don't know what Castlevania is, it's Dracula... It's... Nazis? No. Oh. None of that. It's... Something of Wolfenstein. It's... Simon Belmont and his quest to kill Dracula. Oh, it's wow. That's Dracula. good. Yeah, and it's... I love japanese and kind of gothic. No, I don't like vampire stuff for the sake of it, like the new trend. I like Dracula stuff. Yeah, this is like... I like the original Hardcore Dracula. Dracula. Like, Dracula. But with a Japanese twist. Let's give it that. Like... Mm. A bit bigger than you might imagine, you know, huge monsters like Colossus size, like in Shadow oh. of the Clock, that kind of thing. I'm excited; it's going to be cool. Uh, if if anything, if it's even if it's a bad game, it will look amazing <laughs> because that team who's behind it is going to be good. Um, and uh, next week, I'll also look at Wii Party. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's everything in games this week. Sorry, there was a lot this week, but I didn't. So mm. this now. Um, you are going to cover some more... I won't talk, I won't talk about Germany because you took up You want to do time. that next week because there will be a lot less uh, games. Sure. I'm sure people are on the edge of their seat to know of the sites that I saw. Um, but did you ask me what's for dinner? Yes, did I, uh, did I, I hear did. That? I did, actually. <laughs> what's for dinner is this thing I just made. I saw on a podcast, video podcast that I watched um, from Veg Easy. Is that how you spell it? Tabouli. Yeah, I think. T-A-B-B-O-U-L-E-H. So I made some of that, which is... Bulgur is that the and, thing in the... Yeah, bulgur and chickpeas and parsley and garlic and mint, mint and lemon. Now, you said I probably wouldn't like that. Mm-hmm. And I took a spoonful of it and it's really delicious. Really delicious. Um, but I love mint. And now it's going to be cold. I don't mean it, mint. I mean, we're talking about two cups of chopped parsley, a quarter of a cup of chopped fresh mint, a can of chickpeas, some bulgur, wheat, stuff that it you just soak It tastes delicious. I've it never... It's really good. It's, it's, it's like an explosion the, of uh, herbs in your mouth. And garlic. It's going to stink up the refrigerator for a while, but whatever. And then in addition to that, I roasted a butternut squash, and it's absolutely freaking delicious. So we're going to have some roast squash. And I'm going to make some sandwiches out of these Morningstar chicken strippy things. Kind of it's not chicken. It's uh, fake chicken. Vegetarian. Yeah. And uh, on top of that will be mushrooms and onions. It sounds delicious. Um, talking of like stinking the fridge up with garlic, mm-hmm. sometimes when we do me- mega garlicky things like uh, hummus or whatever... My water starts tasting of garlic. Oh, right. It's really weird. It's just really faint, but it's in the water. Because he has a water purifier tank there yeah. in the house. And it's like, hmm, garlic water. Yummy. <laughs> Charming. It'll taste like garlic today, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, that's everything for this week. Um, sorry that Sid Todd didn't get around to her stuff, but she will get around to it next week. Um, 
Yeah, there really was a lot of games, and there won't be so many next week. Uh, next week's movie, which I didn't mention, we're going to be reviewing Iron Man 2 on Blu-ray. <gasps> I could have watched that on the plane, but I didn't want to watch it on the shitty little screen because I wanted to see it. You can watch it on the big-ass screen. And no, no, like... but I mean, it was right there, and I was like, oh. So I watched uh, Shrek, the final chapter instead. Well, there you go. So next <laughs> week will be Iron Man 2. Um, excited for that because I really enjoyed the first one. Um, and... I want to remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sidtalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can subscribe to this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace if you've got a Zoom, the iTunes Music Store if you've got an iPod, or the RSS feed. If you have an iPod. Or the RSS feed if you... um, What about people with iPhones? (laughs) iTunes iTunes Music Store. What century are you living in? iPod. And if you uh, have got a computer... (laughs) <laughs> any, any flavor you can use the RSS feed go to ascoli.com click on the word podcast listen to all 140 something is it 40, 41 all 141 podcasts in a row or just listen on your site yeah that's what I was getting a google reader so you can also email feedback to me at ascoli.com sit talk doesn't really care um, <laughs> and I just want to say uh Stay classy, Russell Brand. Uh, that was not really a classy movie. Let's say that it's not classy. Um, as this moment, I'm going to say, think for yourself. Too much. If puke. you don't do it, someone's going to do it for you. Too much pukes be classy. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs>